Blog Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Brother Phil Armstrong, coming out live from beautiful Spokane, Washington. And uh, we're going to have a special guest on the show, my brother, Mike Parker. Um, I'm having technical difficulties um, right now. I just came down to my office downstairs and, and I haven't been down here for a while. I uh, figured out I can't. Um, uh, I was on the switchboard and I, I found out I, I, I couldn't log on to Skype for some strange coincidence. Um, and then... Uh, and then a few minutes later, I found that the computer locked me off of Blog Talk, and I don't—I mean, I didn't know my password from down here. So, and another problem encountered is that I can't log on to to let my guests on. So what I'm have to do is take a pause, and I'm have to run upstairs, believe it or not, and log on upstairs, and then I have to run back down. Uh, if I have a guest, if, I'm guest, if Brother Mike Parker called in, then I can let him on. But if not, I have to run back upstairs and do it again. So um, please be patient with me. Uh, I need, if y'all can't stand by, I'll be right back.
Okay, I'm back. Um, this is what you call lack of preparation. Um, and uh, all these guests I'll have on for a while, the only, the, I was writing guests so much I wasn't even paying attention. I was just being prepared to to be down here. And uh, you got to go. You have to be prepared for every interview you do anyway. But um, some things you don't expect. Like, um, I guess I have a habit of having my computer already ready to go, and you don't even have to log on. And it didn't work upstairs because there's no way it's going to work upstairs because, uh, I I mean, I can't do it from upstairs because there's a microphone. I mean, the the blog talk upstairs is different from down here. And and when you're getting under pressure, you kind of realize this stuff, man. I can't. Well, I can't do an interview up there because I got my family is up there. So, but um, the thing I want to talk to today, talk about today with Michael, if I ever get on, is uh, is um, the um, crisis in Syria and what's going on there and what that might lead to, and it, uh, well. Considering the fact that birth pains are sort of here one minute and gone the next, and we've been doing this for a long time where, you know, the birth pains are getting, the the contractions are getting closer. And um, we have to kind of figure out, you know, how close the contractions are now relevance to where they were in the past. There it is. I'm logged in. It was a whole complete different password, not even have anything to do with the last password I've had for the last, what, seven years. Uh, sometimes it's good to change your password. And, uh, you know, on the security side, especially when you got kids in the house, because these kids are untrustworthy. They learn your password. They be doing buying movies and everything else. Uh, I haven't had that happen with, but I know an individual had uh, that happen to them. Well, they wasn't very happy about it. But um, I, I'm I'm not even going to even edit. I'm going to edit me and Mark, Michael's uh, interview, and I'm going to put it on YouTube. And, but I'm not even going to worry about putting this part on there. I'm going to cut it out. Um, but um. Brother Mike Parker, uh, we've been knowing each other for quite a while. Um, yes, sir. He has a uh, ministry, uh, Prophecy of the End Times, and um, we have um, been uh, having shows before a while, long, long time ago. Matter of fact, we probably talked about Syria way back then, and um, I can tell you right now, I have a few shows where. At least me and him, and me, me by myself, and me with other guests, were talking about Syria long before it, it was on the news. And I, I do believe that Syria is the starting ground of everything. And we said that in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that the Antichrist will also be the next leader or the next leader after that one of Syria. Whether he be elected president or king or whatever they do, decide to do. That's just my belief. And no one, you know. Now, I don't hear too many people saying that, but I do believe that the Antichrist will take, um, and just like the, just uh, technically, just like the Islamic belief that he will come out of, he will be some, you know, outside of Damascus or something. Well, the devil knows that, 
and I, and I believe that's who they, he who he is is the Mahdi. Uh, and the Bible has a, a way more superiority over uh, prophecy than the Islamic. Um, and I don't even know if the Quran even says anything about. It. I think their 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 uh, prophecies come from other sources. But anyway, well, I'm gonna take a quick break and then I'm gonna bring on Brother Mark Park. We'll be right back. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We're living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgroundforyou.com. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgroundforyou.com. Highgroundforyou.com is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgroundforyou.com, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now, and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgroundforyou.com. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgroundforyou.com. All right, so we're back. Um, that uh, commercial, um, I believe in the preacher of rapture, uh, but... At the same time, I do feel sorry for the people who are going to be here, including a couple of my kids, that they don't shape up. So they can eat all the food they want to. I'm just joking. You're supposed to raise a kid in the way they should go, and when they go somewhere else, you can't jump off a building yourself. You just have to pray for them. Um, yeah, you're going to stand in front of God to give an account. I'm, I fear the Lord. I have to stand in front of God. But one thing God is, he's not mocked, and he's not... God is smart. He knows the very hair of your head. And if your kids are going in the opposite direction and you are, you know, I never hear of any pastors stepping off the booth there. Yeah, man, I used to preach the word, but 
my kids went south, so I decided not to preach the word no more. You never hear that. Um, in that case, David and Eli and even Samuel, who was, wow, uh, on fire. And he was a priest and I think he was a judge. And he didn't step down. So, you know, your kid's going to go south, you know, pray for him. You know, and then even some of the, be- the best kids that you have. You might have a better a kid that you think is okay, but, you know, lying is not good just because they don't go out to rob a bank and they just lie. I mean, that's just worse. If I tell a lie right now, I feel like crap. I'm going to tell you. I hope crap is not a bad word, but I don't feel too, you know, happy when I'm lying, if I lie. I can remember the last lie I told, which was like two or three years ago, and it was accident because I told the person to call here that I didn't have something I actually had, and I wasn't really paying attention. So, you know, but a lie is a lie, you know. And and I, and I think the people mistaken that say you're not supposed to feel bad about doing wrong. Yeah, well, I, I like feeling bad because God put that there. It's called it's called an anxiety, and He also put um, a conscience. And if you avoid if you avoid out the conscience, you just become uh, in time. Individual that is uh, lacking morality, uh, I like to say. But anyway, um, so we're gonna bring on our guest, brother Michael. Yes, sir. How you doing? Real good, brother. Real good. Labor Day weekend, and uh, I'll be firing up the grill later. Oh yes, praise God. <laughs> well, we fired it up yesterday. We went to the beach yesterday, or the lake. Okay. The kids got to swim and. Uh, we ate, you know, ate nice, and, uh, and you know, everybody had fun. <laughs> so what's, what's been going on, man, with your ministry? Ministry's been uh, growing by leaps and bounds, uh, especially here locally in our city. Uh, been attending a church called the Good News Bible Church with uh, Pastor Ken Billsborough, and I had drove by the church, oh, gosh, at least a dozen times, and I, I looked at all the cars that were parked in the parking lot. There must have been maybe six or seven cars in the parking lot, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, this brother's either he either got uh, he's either preaching something that people don't want to listen to, which is probably the unedited, unfiltered, complete whole truth of the gospel, or he just." He, the Lord's not the Lord's not led folks to go there yet, or he's or he's a heretic. Something's not right, you know. Yeah. So I walked in, and lo and behold, when I walked in his church, I looked at him and I recognized him. I said, "Man, I, I know this guy. I know this guy." Mm-hmm. And uh, after just a couple of minutes of talking, I found out that he was uh, he was teamed up with my dad when my dad was alive. They used to go out wow. witnessing soul winning and knocking on doors here in the oh, same wow. city, in this county where we're living now, and wow. uh, listen to him preach for a half hour, forty five minutes, and I understood why uh, there was there was very few people in his church because he was hammering it away. He was preaching the the, the whole truth, not part, not watered yeah. down, not fuzzy stuff. He was telling yeah. folks. You know, uh, the repentance of sin, the conviction of sin, uh, how to get saved, what they need to do, the society, the problems that are in our society today, the problems that are in the churches. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he's Holy Ghost filled. 
So I was really excited. The Lord led me there, finally drove by and said, you know what, I'm going in and uh, sat down. So now we're planning a five-day end times revival at his church sometime in October. Um, we'll be covering uh, Third Jewish Temple, the rapture, uh, financial collapse of the world, uh, the, Ar- the Arab Spring, and, of course, the Syrian conflict and uh, the destruction of Christianity. Over yes. a five-day period. Man, 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 that was that was that was God led, you know. Amen. Yeah. Preaching the word. As far as line is concerned, uh, we've been talking about that that glory uh, glory network, the satellite network that uh, I sent you the information on. Yeah. Uh, and we've we've teamed up with uh, some other some new folks uh, online. Uh, Prophetess uh, Mina Lee Grieben from uh, German town Maryland, uh, and then uh, uh, her mother Annette Bridges, who's been in ministry for over forty years, uh, and uh, uh, Rabbi Stephen Denoon of Denoon Institute out of Florida will be joining uh, uh, all of us together, uh, including your uh, your ministry also. And uh, we should be hearing, uh, I'm going to be in a telephone conference with them today in reference to um, uh, television uh, spots and television uh, inf- uh, credits and information about our websites and information about our our broadcasting network uh, and uh, different appearances, guest appearances, what have you, being able to speak and help financially uh, support the uh, the television side of uh, what wow. Stephen Denoon is planning on doing, getting the gospel wow. out to all the Jews. <laughs> yes. Amen. That's, Amen. A, that's the most important thing. Amen. I, uh, so we've well, been... Um, course keep an eye on what's going on in, in in the world. What's catching your eyes? But let's talk about something that's catching your eye besides Syria and we come back to that. Well, um we're definitely the uh the premise of the uh, of a financial collapse uh is 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 on the forethought of my mind right now. Um there's there's way too much uh there's deception and so much so much deception within our news media and within what's being reported and the truth of the matter is is that our recovery has been nothing but propped up by the Federal Reserve and yeah. Wall Street knows the the big fat cats on Wall Street know that as soon as the Fed backs away from pumping, you know, billions of dollars into the economy and continuing to devalue our dollar because they're the only one that's doing it. China's no longer doing it. There's uh, the purchase of U.S. Treasury bonds have have dropped considerably. Japan is on the brink of uh, of collapse. Something that's not being covered in the mainstream media, but their GDP is now well over 145 percent of GDP of their of their debt ratio. Um, we have a, a, a catastrophic uh, nightmare of financial obligation that Japan has with Fukushima, and the radioactivity that's leaking from underground into the into the Pacific Ocean. Um, mm-hmm. I believe there's a huge, 
huge conspiracy cover-up with that. It started off that way when uh, the inspectors and the scientists that were there that were covering the earthquake and Fukushima when it was it, when it was damaged, it started off that way as either one they didn't know what they were doing or two they were covering up how extensive the damage was and that has continued. In my opinion, that's continued to happen all throughout the time frame. And here we are, you know, 18, 19 months later, and still some uh, levels of radiation that are being that are being found in the Pacific Ocean that well exceed any type of normal exposure to human beings. So I think, yeah. and then China, since the last time you and I talked, and we've had, gosh, well, I think one of our first broadcasts together was when, uh, when the Gulf, when uh, BP's uh, oil rig caught fire and blew up in yeah. the Gulf. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. We've had a couple of others uh, together since then, but, Good, have Lord have mercy on the, the things that have taken place in uh, as long in the time frame that you and I both uh, have been online and, and been in ministry. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many things. Um, yep. China, uh, of course, uh, one of the biggest strategic moves that they've made in reference to being a global dominant power was going out and actually purchasing gold mining companies they were um over the last 18 months china has been going around buying uh, the stock of mining companies and becoming the major shareholder in the investment of those mining companies and forcing those mining companies that when they purchase their stock or they invest into them that they're only allowed to sell gold at market price to china and then on June, it was June 1st, uh, I'll have to check my dates to, to be for sure. I, I Don't quote me on it, but I believe it was June 1st of this year. China opened up its own um, exchange for gold on the market uh, for to compete with the New York Stock Exchange and the gold standard here in the United States. Once... Wow. Once China reaches a certain metric ton, and I believe the magic number is 4,000 metric tons of gold, once China reaches that amount, then the plan is to go before the United Nations and present the amount of gold that's, that's available as backing for the yuan, which is China's currency. China can get the yuan backed by gold and accepted by the United Nations, then you have a brand new world reserve currency. And the United Nations could vote out the American dollar. All nations that are invested in it, once they smell or see the writing on the wall, they would start dumping U.S. Treasury bonds back on the market as quickly as possible. And the only entity that would be buying them would be the Federal Reserve. Our U.S. debt would go from $17 trillion to roughly $200 trillion overnight because we don't have the money to pay back these people uh, with the U.S. Treasury bonds that they've purchased. We don't have the money at all. And so yeah. how in the world are we going to pay back 152 countries in money that they've 
used in U.S. dollars to boot to buy U.S. Treasury bonds. We don't have it. So it should wow. sound like that. And theoretically, uh, you're, you're looking at a, a complete financial collapse of the United States, and then that would entail a, a worldwide financial collapse. A lot of folks mm-hmm. feel that, uh, economists feel that that would be a scenario that would be suicide for China, and it would be suicide for the world economic powers that sell to the United States. And they're exactly right. It would be China uh, demanding that that yuan be made the Federal Reserve currency or a reserve currency, world reserve currency, would definitely be suicide for them. The pain would hurt deeply for quite some time. But, you know, what goes up must come down, and once it hits the bottom... China would come out smelling like a rose. Um, yeah. You're looking at yeah. the the economic development. You're looking at their, the money that they would have available to do the exact same thing that the United States did years ago and become an, an economic world power and take over the world reserve currency status. Yeah. Well, that, that seems to be their plan. And um, the Russians are also... You know, we know about Glass Mouse and Perestroika. We know mm-hmm. that the Russians are um, in plans to, you know, manipulate situation to they can crush us with their clenched fist. And some of their um, politicians, if a lot, a lot of their politicians have said that, and they're they're they will not hesitate, you know, to try that. And um, mm-hmm. but we know what happens in Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Correct. But for China, we also know what would happen in um, Revelations uh, when the kings of the east come down, and that might be one of the reasons why they come down economically is uh, to stop the Antichrist. And um, uh, we see those things coming to fruition because, like you say, we, we've been looking at this thing for you know a while. How long as most some of the other guys like Hal Lindsey for probably about twenty, thirty, fifty, maybe more longer than that. But we we've we've been looking at this thing for quite a while to understand, you know, what was what is going on. Um but in the United States, you know, I'm gonna enjoy if the Lord wills and we get to you know, get get through September, I'm gonna enjoy this Thanksgiving and I don't too much, you know, you know, Christmas is a pagan holiday, but I'm gonna enjoy this this holiday, and I'm gonna enjoy next Fourth of July because I have a sense that this could be the United States as at the strength that we are will be the last time. It's like going to a you know party and you find that your sister who is beautiful at the party has cancer, you know, yeah. and you 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 know you enjoy yourself with her and you know she's probably gonna get sick pretty soon. Well, I'm going to enjoy the, these holidays, and I'm, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to thank God every time I get up in the morning, you know, that, that you know, I've got the opportunity to live in a country like this. I mean, that's a blessing, man. I mean, wow. Um, so I'm not going to jump on my soapbox because I'm going to end talking about my kids, as you heard me before I even started. Um, this is ungrateful. I work with kids, too. I work with kids at the um, treatment center and you know I love the kids at treatment center and I love my own kids but you know you know the Bible says love your neighbors yourself but I kind of even in myself acknowledge the fact that we take things for granted 
Oh, yeah. And um, it's sad because, you know, I, I look at my daughter or my son and they just, I mean, they just don't get it. I mean, it's just like even we, even I got it when I was 18. At least I was able to know what I didn't have and, you know, what my mom worked for that we did have. And, and I was I was thankful for that, my brother. You know, I was, I was thankful for that, you know. Well, the, but, um, the status the status of the United States and how it's been, how it's remained an empire and how it's mimicked the Roman empire for the last couple of hundred years, even if let's just hypothetically say that there was never such a thing as the Bible. Let's hypothetically say that there was never such a thing as a savior going to the cross and dying for us. Let's just put aside all of the biblical aspects, all the prophecies because we know, as Christians, we've read it. We know how it's going to end. We know what's coming. We know what Christ is going to do when he returns. But let's just take all of that completely out of the scenario as if it never even existed and look at the United States as what it's doing and the history of countries that follow in the same path as Rome did when Rome was an empire. That in itself would take us down completely because we're following yeah. the same path. But you put exactly. now, let's, let's bring that back in. Let's bring back in the biblical aspect of what's, what's transpiring. Look, we have, God is, a, God is allowing these things to take place because he's long-suffering. He loves us. He doesn't want anybody to perish. And he, that's, what, that's what his word says. God is not willing. He's not willing that any should perish. So he's long-suffering. But yeah. there will come a day when the cup of iniquity is full and the decision is made. And as prophecy con- continues to unfold, here we see, a, we see this major, major prophecy unfolding in the Middle East with, yeah. with Syria. And we see Damascus. Now, Damascus itself was Another, uh, even during Paul's time, Damascus was incredibly important. Of course, on his way, on the road to Damascus, he was blinded, and he became, he was named Paul then. He was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. He thought he was doing the church a favor by killing them. And, uh, of course, he wasn't. God wanted to do something more for him and through him. And so Damascus is an incredibly important aspect of the New Testament, we know that Paul spent roughly three, three and a half years in Saudi Arabia and in the Damascus area. And a lot of that time frame, the New Testament doesn't give us any indication as far as what he did other than the revelation that was given to him in regards to the church and in regards to the rapture, what we call the rapture. So the Damascus and what's going on right now, things that you've seen, um, both of us have been sitting on the edge of our seat, watching, waiting. You know, there's absolutely – I made a statement on uh, Watchmen on the Wall telephone conference here Friday evening that, I mean, I had to retract because I felt 100% confident based on the the scriptures that Obama was definitely going to strike Syria, that Damascus yeah. had housed all – of these uh, sarin gas chemical weapons of mass destruction. They're there. 
and Obama was going to strike it. I don't know whether or not he was going to destroy Damascus, but there would definitely be a war that would break out. And then lo and behold, what's to do? I mean, look what he's done. He's 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 drawn back. Our, all warships are in place. We have Russian warships in place. We have China warships in place. We have Iran on high alert with their Air Force. We have Israel with the Iron Dome that's enacted. We have the exact same thing that Scripture says it would be. In the latter days, the Lord God said, I shall make Israel a cup of trembling for all nations. Isaiah chapter 17, Behold, Damascus shall be a ruinous heap of rubble, which could very well be from war. It could be from an earthquake. In the book of Amos, it talks about it being fire. Uh, it, it could be flood and fire and war. It could be a combination of all three th- three things. Yeah. We have a there is a major, major, major uh, earthquake fault that runs out from the Mediterranean right directly up through Gaza, splits Gaza in half, goes through Tel Aviv, and then right on up to Damascus. Uh, so, <laughs> who knows? I, you know, yeah. who knows exactly how it's going to turn out? I I got a gut feeling that that Obama, the evil deception that's in our administration and what's being done, just got a gut feeling. You don't you don't present this to Congress uh, unless you want an act of war being declared, and yeah. that's what will have to be done. An act of war will have to be declared. Um, Bush had Congress behind him when uh, he attacked Iraq, and uh, if if all of them jump on board, and 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 this is this is just as actually I would consider this probably right in the same line of of time frame and in the same line of reasoning that Iraq was with the Bush administration. Yes. But yes, it, uh, we can't afford, as a country, another war. We just can't. Who's, how's it going to get paid for? We have China yes. sitting in the Mediterranean who has uh, who tore up the credit card and said, sorry, we're not buying no more U.S. Treasury bonds in the way that we were. We're not supporting yes. your debt the way that we were. You owe us close to $2 trillion as it is, and now you want to start another war. They walked out of the U.N. Security Council meeting uh, last Thursday or Friday when uh, all these nations were meeting along with Russia. They don't, want to, uh, they don't want to negotiate or discuss. And they know as well as the Obama administration knows, as well as Israel knows, that Iran is the real target. It's not Syria. It's Iran. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Third largest oil producing country in the world. Who, yeah. Of course, who's going to have who's going to have stakes at it? Russia yeah. want, would want stakes at it. China would want stakes at it. China doesn't. China has to import all their oil. So, of course, they have a stake in all of this and being an ally to Iran. So, the United States is up against a quagmire. It's this is not Iraq. It's far from it. This is not a buffoon who uh, – Iran is not a buffoon who uh, who was gassing his own people. Iran has got a very sophisticated and technologically developed and advanced army and military. 
weaponry that's been given to them by espionage of copying technology that China has sold to them for oil. Russia has uh, uh, technology-advanced missiles. The onyx that's been given to uh, Syria that, that could sink any one of our battleships right from the coast 150 miles out with, a, with an 800 to 1,000 mile nautical range, hit, a, hit any one of our warships and it's going to sink them. Any one of them. So this yeah. is not, it's not Iraq. It's, it, this is, this is a, uh, this is, this is, well, I can't emphasize enough how strategically and how serious this is, number one, biblically, because it, it does open the doors to, Psalms 83 and Ezekiel 38 and 39, and it does open the door to an, an engagement where it doesn't get so bad that they all come together and say, "Okay, let's get let's get the peace treaty signed. Let's go to Israel. Yes. This is all yeah. over Israel. Let's get this done. Let's get a peace treaty signed." And everybody starts running around yelling, "Peace, peace, peace, and prosperity!" And then somebody pulls the trigger. Yeah, yeah, but. That's the same scenario that uh, ministries like me and yours have been saying for a while. Um, and we just toy with different scenarios because you're not going to, you know, it's not always 100%. But, no. you know, we, we see through the glass half dimly. But at the same time, people are starting to come together and come up with, because you know, Psalms 83 can go as, in either direction of a poem, a poem or uh, for me, it's, it's the nations that are not in Ezekiel 30, 38 and 39, which is keep right. grabbing me, you know, because I had a guest on uh, Chris Week, and she was talking about um, what she can't get, or, get around is that the nations that are mentioned in Psalms 83 are not mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39, that's if they were right. taken out earlier. Correct. And um, some, uh, excuse me, Israel, um, I, I believe, is the one who nukes Damascus. And that's why they are looked upon uh, as as a menace to society. And um, as you look at Isaiah 17, it starts off Damascus being taken out and uh, turned into a revenue heat. But then at the end of the chapter, it makes me feel like Ezekiel 38 and 39 just kicked in. Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying that is because it's the same terminology that is used throughout the Bible um, as far as God's enemies. He says, I should push you into the sea. And it, it, to me, that sounds like um, Isaiah 17, and this is just my opinion, that Isaiah 17 happened during Psalms 83 war, and and uh, and then Russia and his, and his comrades um, immediately came down. See, and my my the way I look at those um, chapters as if they happen all at one time. So some people got Ezekiel 38, 39 as the Antichrist, and it happened mm-hmm. later on, and you know, I, I I don't go around anymore trying to make people believe what I believe, but at the same time, unless it's the gospel, but at the same time, as far as Ezekiel 38 and 39, it says it takes seven years to burn the weapon. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're going to be in a millennium 
when Jesus reigning and ruling, caring about electricity. Right. So, so yeah. my thing is the small. The Bible says, "Do not despise small things." So there's small clues in there that tell you that the the this, this individual is not the Antichrist. This happened. This actually sets the stage for the Antichrist to arrive. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure. I, I you know you can't. Western Christianity and uh, with our 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 Darbyanism and Calvinism and Arminianism and the different types of doctrines and all the way back to our forefathers, the 1800s, 1700s, even the doctrine of the rapture itself has been completely picked apart and 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 uh, mocked and made fun of and oh man, um, it's real bad. <laughs> yeah. And so folks think that, you know, the United States may have all the answers to how, uh, who the Antichrist is or what the Antichrist is. I believe that Satan runs around seeking whom he, he, he can devour, and I believe these are, he's the author of the lie and he's the author of confusion. And I believe that there are so many, there's so many people on this planet with so many countries that there is definitely going to be very soon, a one-world type of government, but in the meantime, getting us to that point, just like you said, there are forerunners. There are things that are taking place that that look like, act like, smell like, but really isn't it yet. And yeah. I think, <laughs> could President Obama wind up being a worldwide antichrist? I think he could. I think he's got enough characteristics and enough things involved in 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 the uh in the characteristics of the attitudes of what the antichrist would need he doesn't have all of them and nobody who's come across nobody's come along as of yet does except for what you'd said earlier and that would be an islamic antichrist for israel and subjecting the, an entire world to an islamic antichrist the mahdi uh, would be something that would be done that could be accomplished and done from within. Uh, you'd have to tear down the United States, you know, one brick at a time, uh, so that uh, its public, its its people, were not aware of what was being done. And I, I feel strongly that that's exactly what has been a, been attempting to be accomplished in our country since the Obama administration was elected. I, yeah, I think we're seeing. Exactly country being taken down step by step each brick at a time and things being done on a level that you scratch your head and you say what in the world why did they make that decision what in the world is going on with that that doesn't yeah it doesn't seem like that would be a an appropriate thing to do but in reality if you're taking a country down it's the most appropriate thing to do yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it looks like, um, you know, it, it looks like it's done naturally. It looks like maybe the president is, is bustling or, you know, stumbling over his own feet and hands. But at the same time, the general public does not know that these things were planned um, to come this way. And a matter of fact, I want to play a quick... Um, if I can get back to my studio. I want to play a quick, um, and it's an old, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I'm a, it's an old um, audio, and you've probably mm-hmm. heard it before, but I want you to get your take on it. Stand by. Mm-hmm. 
For technical difficulties. Yeah, that's a good sign. Got to pray. Got to no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should be coming on any second now. But at least I was able to play the, you know, a couple of scenes. But yeah, it's just like um, every time there's a show or something, it's a you, you get a sense that something's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something's there. Here it should be coming on right now. They should be on right now. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to... Come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, "Well, you're too busy." He said, "No, no." He says, "We've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq." This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, "We're going to war with Iraq. Why?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> he said, "I guess they don't know what else to do." So uh, I said, "Well, did they find some information collect- connecting Saddam to Al Qaeda?" He said. No, no. He says there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just... He said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So go through the countries again? Well, starting with Iraq, then Syria and Lebanon, then Libya, then Somalia and Sudan, and then back to Iran. Pretty amazing. Yeah, that is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know when the file cuts off or not on here. <laughs> the blog talk cracks me up in the middle of the day. But anyway, well, yeah. yeah. So, what's what's your take on that? Well, I mean, it's like reading the headlines. I mean, uh, it's yeah. like reading uh, the headlines coming directly out of the Pentagon. It's like reading. Yeah. Uh, it's like getting an intelligence report that was leaked to the NSA through Snowden. You know, yeah. that's what. It's <laughs> and it's it's great. And so let's I mean, let's throw a couple of scenarios out there as to the reason why we went to war with Iraq. Why did we go to war with Iraq? Why did we fly over literally billions of dollars of money that was on that was on pallets in cash on planes and drop it in the desert for contractors to receive? Why or for and to help build the country? There was reports that that was being done. Why did we even go to war with Iraq? What did, what did, what did they do to us? Nothing. 
What's Syria done mm-hmm. to us? Nothing. No, nothing. Look, if we're going over there, if we're going to Syria because we claim that it was inhumane by what they did by gassing 1,400 people, 426 children also, if we claim that that's inhumane, that's genocide, look at the number of Christians and that have been chopped up into little bitty pieces over in Sudan. Look at the yeah. genocide that's taken place. Millions, we're talking millions of people, Christians and unbelievers alike, because of their differences and their tribes, that have the genocide that's taken place there. And why have we not gone to Africa to, to help these people? Why? Yeah. There's nothing there. Oh, there's mm-hmm. some gold mines and there's some diamond fields and but there's nothing. There's no oil there. There's no oil. Yeah. It's all. And what what did God's word say? Do not harm the oil or the wine. In other words, uh-uh. you know that's what's going to be the the that's what's going to be a a, a, a detourment. That's what's going to be the number one, uh, the petrodollars, the number one commodity that makes the world go round. More than gold is oil. And so Africa has been genocide. If we're, going to, if we're going to run around the globe and pretend like we're the police for democracy and to save people, we, America shouldn't be choosing who they save. And it's just yeah. theoretically, it's all a smokescreen. We're not yeah. we're not going to go to war with Syria uh, because we feel horrible about what they did to the people. There's reports coming out of Syria today, yesterday, that it was the rebels that and and special op forces from the United States that were involved with them that did it. There's reports yeah. coming of Iran that it was. Everybody's gossiping. Everybody's speculating. Everybody's trying to put their spin on it. But the bottom line is, is that the Bible states that these things, wars and rumors of wars, would take place. Jesus told the disciples in the Olivet Discourse, Matthew chapter 24, that these things would take place. And they're happening. And here we are, Syria. Everybody's on the edge of their seat because if we go to war with these folks and Russia and China being involved – now we've got some team players that are there in in, in the that are prophesied in the book of Ezekiel, prophesied mm-hmm. in the book of Daniel, prophesied with Isaiah, the hook that gets put in their mouth that brings them back. Could this be a regional war that causes um, uh, that causes so much devastation and, and then it brings peace to the region? Yeah. Is Israel going to be hit? Well, of course Israel's going to be hit. I mean, to personally, I strongly believe, according to Scripture, that this is being done as part of the coming war that's going to hit Israel. This is all about taking Israel out. It has nothing yeah. to do with wealth and greed and money. That's just the icing on the cake. This yeah. time around, yeah. it and with the administration that's in the office, this is about... Israel and putting yeah. putting the Jews on a plate and serving it up, you know, with them beheaded to uh, with, with all the the Muslims that hate them. So. Yes, 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 indeed, yes, indeed. Uh, it is uh, a new world order plan to bring about um, 
way back from the 1800s, maybe even earlier than that, a uh, plan to have three world wars. Mm-hmm. And, um, was it Albert Pike? Yep. And um, yeah, and and if you if you read some of that stuff that he done, it the, the exact players on the chessboard was exactly who he said it would be. And exactly. Um, well, World War Three would be a battle between East and West, but it would not only destroy Christianity and um, Islam, it would also destroy atheism. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's crazy because. You know, we, who's going to be left? Right. So his objective to me is that Satan wants to be worshipped himself, and uh, he wants to. He's always wanted to be worshipped, but this time he will indwell a human being, and it will be uh, emperor worship or even you know satanic worship. And mm-hmm. the thing is, a lot of people are you know on YouTube looking at, you know, some of these entertainers, you know, rappers and, and R&B and movie stars. And these individuals are Satan's uh, face. That's his face piece. I mean, those are his uh, minions who are doing his bidding to uh, help uh, bring the society into devil worship. Because when I used to read um, Revelation 13 and it, and they used to talk about, you know, and it talks about, um, I used to read it, and it talks about um, the whole society worshiping Satan. I, I would kind of like have some doubts, you know. But overnight, you know, this, this society can turn into a satanically worshiping society overnight. And um, it, it took a while to do these things because you had to put the frog in the water and turn, you know, slowly um, turn the dial up, the proverbial frog. And, you know, and, and he's not going to just jump in hot water. He's going to jump straight back out. But if you slowly simmer and you slowly turn up the dial, and that's exactly what's happening in every 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 single area of life, every single area from breathing to Anything you can think of, uh, we have been put to sleep, you know, even to a point that Christian, Christians, some of them, you know, even fired up Christians sort of look at certain stuff the way the devil wants us to see it sometimes. And I, and I say, I say that with sorrow, you know, sadness, but that's true. I mean, if we, we, if we continue to listen to the same thing over and over again, we're going to eventually, we might not believe it right away, but if we say, if we listen to something 10, five years or 10 years, we could probably believe it. I look well, at my kids number, and go ahead, go ahead. The number of ships that are now placed in the Mediterranean, China's, uh, Russia's, and the United States. I just seen on Yahoo here before we went live that the Nimitz is being dispatched. Yeah, I got the, that right here, right here in the Red Sea. Yeah. yeah. So we see yeah. uh, the the you know the the media is trying to pick up on this and to say well. You know, you say you're going to go to Congress. You say you're going to get congressional approval. You say you want to hold off on this and decide what you're going to do. You say you can strike Syria anytime you want to. And, of course, you keep putting these ships in position, and Russia keeps sending their ships, and China will probably dispatch more ships too. We're going to see probably the largest display of naval uh, of naval military in the Mediterranean and the Red Sea that we've ever seen in our generation after it's all said and done, 
but you know you can flex your muscle all day long. Somebody launches a missile, then the gloves are off, and they're all going to start firing. I I just got this gut feeling in my spirit, Phil. I got this gut feeling in my spirit that Obama has done this on purpose. This is something he he wants a congressional vote from Congress on, which would be an act of war. But he wants this done on purpose. He wants the most strategic and the most powerful ships we've got in the Mediterranean like we have right now. And if Russia has the capability of sinking them, then what happens? Our west and east coast is now a sitting duck. We have 50, 60% of our of our artillery taken out in one swoop with one uh, a couple of a couple two three days of exchange. If that was to happen, and I've got I hear so many folks tell me, I, I listen to folks tell me, you know, Parker, you're crazy. We're the strongest and we're the most powerful military on the face of the planet. Yeah, I heard that before many times. So. It's like why don't pe- why doesn't people realize that when World War II hit, we were, were we were relatively powerful too, and when uh, when the Vietnam War came about, we were relatively powerful too. I mean, yeah. take these people who think the United States is the strongest military power on the face of the planet to Arlington National Cemetery and look at the thousands of soldiers that are buried there. You know, this will be an exchange. If, if if it happens, look at the things that have culminated prior to this. Go all the way back. 151 executive orders signed by this president. The NDAA signed. Why did he sign that NDAA? Why did he revamp the emergency broadcasting system to come directly into the White House? Why is the NDAA now part of – he went in and actually ratified the treaty – that Wilson had placed with the United Nations. Guns, gun control. What what is all this spelling out? Well, it's spelling out it's spelling out our nation being attacked on our soil. Yeah. Somebody coming back. If if we declare war on Syria and Russia is an ally of Syria, China is an ally of Syria, we declare war on Syria that gives, without a shadow of a doubt, no unilateral per- permission is needed from Russia or China to come to our shores and attack us in our own country. Yeah. Nothing. Because they're an ally of Syria. Now, they, if they wanted to stay there and participate in the fireworks, that's one thing. But if, you, if you have an act of war, if you declare an act of war through Congress then in order to stop it, you have to have a peace treaty. You have to, you have to yeah. stop the war. You have to declare victory. You have to back away. And so yeah. like Bush did, he was standing on, uh, on, the, on, the, uh, on the, uh, the, the destroyer. I forget what ship that he was on when he made the announcement that we've won, the war is over, and it continued on for with special troops and Marines and Army in Iraq for, what, five, six years? <laughs> yeah. Man, that was for a pretty long time. <laughs> I don't think people realize the seriousness of this, and and you and I, Phil, I'm telling you, I I can speculate all day long where the United States is in Bible prophecy, but I know for a fact where Turkey and Yemen and Libya and Ethiopia and Iran 
and Russia and China are named by name of their names that were in during biblical times and how their names were changed in modern times. I know for a fact that they're named in there, but we're not. We're not. Yeah. So, you know, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Uh, uh, listen, I'm praying he comes back. I'm praying he comes back, you know, today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. And we are we are sitting at the edge of time, and then a lot of um, believers are being told that there is no rapture. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just like telling a football team that there is no game and then coming to them at the last minute saying, get ready for the game. You know, you're not going to be ready. Um, You know, not every, I'm not saying everybody's like that. Some people love Jesus enough to stay ready, you know, even if they don't believe Russia, but the majority of us need to know when the game, and I hate to use the word game when knowing you need to be at work, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, if you're not told, if you're not prepared, you know, you know, you're not you're gonna get caught by surprise. And I, I heard. So, no, go ahead. Yeah. I heard Stephen Denoon of Denoon Institute. There, uh, he's got his channel on YouTube. A uh, Messianic Jew who's uh, who firmly believes in a rapture, but and also firmly believes what's taking place with Israel and and how Israel needs to be redeemed and 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 so forth. Scripture. Very intelligent, very knowledgeable about this. Believes that there will be a rapture. You know, he presented something that I heard him talk about. That was the first time I heard anybody say, and that was the fact that when when God the Father tells Christ to go get His bride, Christ does ha- Christ has to physically leave the mercy seat. He's seated right at the at the, at the right hand of the Father. He has to physically leave the mercy seat. He has to physically leave the seat that he's in to go get his bride. And while he's in that seat, he is our advocate. He is the advocate Mm -hmm. for those who are sinners. He's advocate for the unsaved. He's the advocate Mm -hmm. for the sinner. How Mm -hmm. are those who claim that they say, I will just go ahead and wait to get my head chopped off. I'm just going to go ahead and, and I'll live whatever way I want to, and then I'll just go through the tribulation period, and then I'll get my head chopped off, and I'll make it to heaven. Well, how are you yeah. going to pray a sinner's prayer of repentance? How are you going to pray for repentance, period, when Christ has left that mercy seat and he's no longer your advocate? He's no longer there before yeah. the Father advocating for you. And that yeah. was very interesting. I had not heard that presented in that manner before, and it seems to fit very well with how folks who who think that they who think that there that, that that there is no such thing as uh, the great gathering or snatching away the the coming of Christ coming to take his bride and take him take the bride out of this out of this world before all this stuff starts taking place in a full fledged manner as prophecy predicts that it will. I yeah. I, I I hope and pray that I'm found worthy, God, when, he, yeah, when Christ man. returns, that I could be standing man. before the Father with Christ. I hope and pray that I'm found worthy. And man. and I believe that there's an anticipation of enthusiasm and love for Christ and for those who do believe that there will be a bride, there is a remnant, and that remnant will be removed from this planet bodily, physically taken out before these things take place in a in a manner that 
would cause destruction, death, and full-fledged prophecy being fulfilled as it's written. I yeah. I believe in part that it's going to happen. I truly do. I truly do. Yeah. How yeah. long we have to wait or what we might have to go through as far as persecution is concerned, nobody has a clue. And we really yeah. don't know the day nor the hour, as Christ yeah. said. We have to... I heard a gentleman talk about it in a manner he said that nobody knows the day nor the hour, not even the angels in heaven, only the Father knows. And he said this was a, referred to it as a Jewish idiom. An idiom is a statement made about a subject that does not, does not necessarily mean that its content is completely factual. In other words... Nobody knows, when Jesus said nobody knows, and if the translation from from the Hebrew, the Greek, to English is 100% accurate, nobody knows, meaning in present tense. He was talking yeah. to the disciples. And yeah. this is where these folks who have uh, who've attacked the doctrine of the rapture, the doctrine of the removal of the church, this is where they have taken this apart step by step and, and precept by precept in their own minds to try to convince folks that there is no such thing as a rapture and that it's a lie, it's from the devil, and that if you believe in the rapture, you're going to hell. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, yeah. in other words, you want me to stay here with you to face God's wrath. I'm sorry, but I fear God too much. I don't want to face his wrath. Why? Yeah. It's not appointed unto me to face God's wrath. I'm covered yeah. by the... Christ, why would I have to stay here to face? Oh, I have to be proven through the fire. I have to be put through the fire and refined. Well, that's what my life in Christ is all about, through tribulation mm-hmm. and through trials. I'm refined the character. Not at the time of tribulation period, for who can stand? Who can stand against the wrath of God? The wrath of God and the Lord is going to annihilate everything that's here. He did it once in the flood. He did it with with Lot with Sodom and Gomorrah. He chose a remnant of each one of those as an example to show what the remnant would be here during our time frame. I I firmly believe that. It'll be a remnant. It's going to be a small group of people who truly know Christ and who want to serve Christ in holiness and in 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 their walk with the Lord and us knowing that Christ is our advocate and that if sin enters our life, we 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 repent of it, we walk away from it, we try to be victorious over it, and we're not perfect. We're never going to be. I think God knows that. I, I, I know we, we struggle with certain things, but repentance and having victory over that sin is possible, and through yeah. Christ, being our advocate, all things are possible through through yeah. Christ. Just yes, makes sir. me sick to my stomach that somebody would they've they've come up with the research off the internet of Martha McDonald and or uh, uh, Emmanuel Lucenza back in the Catholic Church. The doc, the doctrine of the rapture was written by him, or it was written yeah. by the Catholic Church itself. 
there's many many different things that were that have that were taking place St. Jerome translated the first Latin Vulgate the first Catholic Bible the word reprimere was a Latin word was included in the first Latin Vulgate Bible was removed by two Jesuit priests who later killed St. Jerome for for translating the Bible in the fashion that he did by proclaiming that saints would be removed and not not stay and persecuted or martyrs as the, the disciples were. So I think God God has his ability to do whatever he wants to do. Amen. He, yes, our are the, the disciples and the apostles were used by God as an example of what needed to be done at that time frame. We also see yeah. the book of Acts where the church was came about. God used that as an example. The Holy Spirit came as the comforter. None of us Absolutely none of us, I know for a fact, 100% sure, that none of us got it right. Yeah. We don't know got it 100% right. None of us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All we could do is pray and live our lives accordingly, follow Scripture to the best of our ability, and do things and live the will of God so that we are hopefully, pray that hopefully we are found worthy to escape all these things. And I tell your guests as they're listening, and myself included, and you, anyone who's listening, you know, when you when you when you make that walk and you see you're walking towards that sin, you better think twice. You need to stop and think about what it is that you're going to yield to. Ain't nothing wrong with being tempted. We all get tempted, but there's. But when we're yielding to that temptation and we're falling into sin, and I myself, I'm preaching to me, uh, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I've, I've been, I've yielded to to temptation and sin. I know I'm far from perfect, far from it. Yeah. And made rocks in my life, made rock decisions in my walk with Christ, and we have seriously have to consider the fact of. Saying no, and especially as the days approach closer, not trying to give a a convenient side to sin by saying, you know, it's okay to sin once in a while. It's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that as these days draw closer to the return of Christ, as time progresses, we really need to get incredibly serious with our walk with the Lord and walk holy and and abide by the word of God and stay in the word of God as as, as progresses. Yeah. This says in um, Hebrews 2, 3, it says, How should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which was first began to be spoken of by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? And um, we... um, we are uh, to be, uh, you know, examiners of the word and study to show ourselves approved. But um, the main thing is that we we all fall, and um, you know, as far as the Bible is concerned, that we are overcomers of the world mm-hmm. and the system of the world, and. And First John, it talks about love not the world or the things that are in the world. It talks about the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. 
and the more I, you know, I I see, you know, what what's going on in our society, um, they're open more towards things that are completely off base, um, and and are you know they're accepting of homosexuality rather than. You know, if a Christian does something, it's if Tim Tebow does something, it's, it's straight wrong, or they talk about it. But if um, you know, this one African American, I forgot his name, but he admits that he was gay in the NBA. You know, and, and it, it is like how they paint Christians as you know we're out of date and and um, you know we need to move on as far as. Um, you know, Christianity is old-fashioned. We need to you know, let our hair down, and, and and even the church is saying that to mm-hmm. the point where churches are churches are changing uh, and saying that you know we need to move with the times. But the, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that Amen. God does not change according to a man. He you know, we should change according to God. You know, we Amen. Should, and offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And it's funny because right after that, the Bible says that in um, Romans chapter 12, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, it, come, it comes down a couple of verses later and says that you may know the will of God. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're, you know, walking with the Lord and you, you listen and you're looking at his word and you, you're reading it and, you know, you're letting it soak in, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, and when you when you put that truth on you, not false, when you read the Bible according to the Spirit, that truth comes inside of you, and um, you 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 have knowledge. You don't lack knowledge. You have right. the truth inside of you. That's why. He told the woman at the well, you must worship God in spirit and in truth, because I think people pass that verse, pass that that, that situation that happened when, when the Samaritan woman came to Jesus. He said, you must worship God in spirit. That means the Holy Spirit translates the truth that you you feed yourself daily. So when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit works through that word. And one more thing. The Church of Philadelphia says, he says, I should keep you out of the time of testing because, you, because why? You've kept my word. Mm-hmm. And and you've, you've walked in the spirit according to truth. And and, and, it's, and it's funny because in that same paragraph, when he's talking to the Church of Philadelphia, he said, you're weak. But he told the Church of Laodicea, you, 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 you don't need anything. You're rich. So mm-hmm. in order to walk that Christian walk, you have to go according to God's spirit. So we have to be still and know that he's the Lord and be still and, and let the Lord lead him. Because I notice about myself is I'm a, in a way, when I do do something, I'm very commanding. I'm very sort of, you know, I'm going to do it this way. And I caught mm-hmm. myself doing that, but I need to, you know, seek the Lord's direction for a ministry. You have to. And that's why I haven't been doing anything because I, I mean it sounds weird, but we have to seek God's direction, you know, for our lives and everything. Amen. We do, you know? Amen. Uh, yeah. But um, during these times that we're in right now, especially with the, the holy feast mm-hmm. days in Israel and uh, Tishri and uh, the days of repentance, the ten days of repentance, and the forty days of 
of the beginning of the feasts and all the way up into the end of September, October. Uh, yep. You know, we we have just a couple of days to Rosh Hashanah uh, uh, in in Israel. Uh, you know, these are these are very uh, these are high holy feast days for the nation of Israel, for the Jew and for the Gentile alike, who yep. knows what's going on with them. Uh, it's a time of it's a time of reflection, time of repentance, a time of praying for those who uh, who've offended you or you have offended. Going to them, asking for forgiveness, praying about your financial uh, status as far as God showing favor with you on that for the coming year. Uh, all types of traditional things that uh, that the nation of Israel, uh, that uh, Jews have taught one another in in accordance to Scripture. That have been, yeah. they've been praying about for centuries, and yeah. so it opens up a whole new avenue for us if we we truly need to bless the nation of Israel. We truly need to to uh, continue to to pray for them and uh, support them financially. Um, I don't care if yeah. they've got you know two hundred trillion dollars worth of natural gas sitting off their off their coast. And yeah. their pipe is in. We still need to support them and bless them because it's commanded by God to do so. Bless the nation of Israel. I will bless you. Curse them. I curse you. We need to do it. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I want to, uh, Jenna, you, you still got a little bit of time because I only got two hours of time anyway. So, sure. It's almost done. <laughs> so, I will take a quick break and, uh, I'll play another clip if I can find it. It's kind of hard to um, maneuver on here. But, yeah, I'll play a uh, little clip, and then I'll be right back. Um, Actually, I'll play a a song, Brother uh, Dave Lillard. I'll be back. Okay. Play. I went all the way in the bathroom, came all the way back out, and it didn't play. <laughs> Good play. I know, right? I mean, so, I mean, the last time I uh, did a radio show, it was just everything just perfect. And then I think, here it is. Is Very it lo- uploaded to the studio on Blog Talk, or are you trying to play it from yes. the computer? No, on Blog, on blog Talk. Hmm. It, it should be playing right about now. 
brother Michael. Um, how's the weather over there, brother? I we got like seventy five degrees today and sunny. Oh yeah, yeah we yeah. got uh, we had our good day yesterday, but it's a little. It started off raining this morning. It's still warm outside though, but it started raining this morning a little bit. But I think it'll be pretty before the day is out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but um, what what is your um, future plans for your ministry? Well, um, I'm I'm really trying to to get the direction from the Lord so that we can uh, expand expand locally here in our city, and yeah. uh, and of course uh, uh, joining forces with whoever the Lord brings to us and puts us together with, so that we can continue to spread the gospel. Um, I oh, believe yeah. that I believe that end time prophecy is <clears throat> is a subject that. That that every church in America needs to be uh, uh, preaching and studying, yeah. and yeah. their congregation. I don't think that we need to have. Uh, I don't think the ministry needs to go to the point to where uh, you know end time prophecy becomes the complete focus because that's not yeah. that's not what our ministry has ever done. I know it's not what yours has done. We want folks to come to know the Lord, and we want folks to get saved. Right. We got to pull them out of the fire. We pull them out of the fire. If if we can show them how 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 uh, close the parallels are to even even the point to where a, the fulfillment of prophecy is to the letter, and yeah. and even doing so, some folks won't believe that either. Then I believe we're doing what what the Father wants us to do, which is to bring folks to the cross. And, yeah. Christ is the one who will save them. They have to make the decision to uh, to come yeah. to know him, but bring him to the cross and let him know that these things are real. They're happening. It's happening the way the Bible says it would happen. We are not, we're not experts. We're just tools and the voice yeah. of God to let folks right. know why it's happening and hopefully be an influence on in their lives so that, uh, so that they'll come to know Christ and it'll further the kingdom. Uh, yeah. We see definitely television in in our near future, and uh, uh, that the uh, the glory ne- satellite network that I had sent the information to you on. Uh, yeah. I mean, how how where can you find a uh, where can you find a network that'll that'll air a half hour television program for a hundred and fifty dollars? I mean, that's yeah. incredibly inexpensive, and of course, in the, in the near future, uh, we look for uh, support from our website folks. We'll look for support from, um, I'm sure you'll look for support, too, also for Prophecy Zone, for individuals that will help support the web page so, and support your ministry. We, we have not, uh, for well, going on five years, uh, I believe now uh, I can – Dave Lillard, when we were on Blog Talk Radio, he received a blessing, and uh, somebody had sent him some money to support his ministry. He split that in half and sent that to me. That was two and a half, three years ago, I believe, and yeah. I think it's 25 or $30 that we got. And then here recently with, uh, with Mike Bradford, who had open-heart surgery, uh, we were really hoping to receive – uh, uh, some good support from that, but unfortunately it didn't come through. And uh, uh, he got he got some you know, some donations that were made, 
But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is with some folks. Whether they feel, whether they feel that every ministry, a minister on the face of the planet, is asking for money. It's all about yeah. money, 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 money. And they're so. I can understand how some folks would feel about even giving any type of financial support to a ministry. You know, yeah. you work. I believe you work full time, and uh, I work full time in a job. And I've always, uh, through my budget with our home, I've always made sure that what ministry we have is supported by our income and uh, have budgeted things out of our household income that we don't need so that the income that does come in can help support the ministry. Um, yeah. And then uh, I received a donation from someone here not too long ago that went towards Prophecies of the End Times. It was a $50 donation here just a couple, of three, yeah. four weeks ago. That was, in reality from someone that I did not know was the very first financial donation that we received for for our ministry since March 11th of 2008 when I got saved. That was the very first one. And praise God, I haven't needed it and don't care. It's not that big of a deal. Somebody wants to give, they can. If somebody doesn't, they don't feel it necessary, they should give, that's fine too. It's not a... Not a requirement. We do it out of the love for Christ. We do it to get folks to the cross. We do it to yeah. see folks get saved. It's a, it's the love that's Amen. in our heart. We don't. Yes. It's not about money. Lord takes care yeah. of me. He takes care of my family. He takes Amen. care of you, your family, Amen. and we're blessed just with that. Yeah. Amen. I put a um, I put a uh, a banner on my website for prophecies of the end time. I don't like it because, like, I got one for um, Take a Stand for Eric Berger. He was a guest on my show also. And it's mm-hmm. kind of coming in kind of um, uh, kind of dingy. But mm-hmm. um, it's one on there. I got a brother coming on named David James. He wrote a, a book in counter to the uh, um, I don't know if I'm saying this right, the Hem- Hemberger book, um, um, Collins wrote a book. Yeah. I, I, yep, I might be butchering that name. Yeah. And he wrote a uh, fact or fiction, fiction. So I, I, that picture's coming out pretty. Uh, but some of the pictures on the website doesn't. But I don't, I don't really care anymore. But it, it, it just kind of. But anyway, uh, I'm going to start uh, linking up with some of you guys because I haven't done that in the past. I kind of realized, man, I haven't even put anybody's links on here. I don't even got. A lot of people's links on here, so I'm gonna start um, doing that. Uh, you know, promoting other ministries. So I was um, hoping, you know, one day when you get a chance, send me a commercial over. Sure. Um, and I'll, I'll have to play it. And um, also, um, you know, my, I stopped doing anything on my website, probably on you know, radio.com, but I'm gonna start doing. Um, news reports. So I'm gonna see if I can do it for a whole year. You know, the grace of God, from one to five news reports every day for a whole year. Believe it or not, you know that gets kind of, you know, it's like taking medicine at nighttime. You know, you have to oh, yeah. enjoy doing it, and I enjoy doing it. So I don't know why I get away from certain things. I mean, like even doing radios, I you know, just kind of get away from it. But I, I want I want to be faithful to God for the rest of the time I'm breathing. And mm-hmm. one way to do that is to give to other ministries. So what I'm going to do is, is, you know, every month, you know, send to 
you know, send, I can, if I can send $5 or I can send $100 every month, find a ministry to send to. When I was doing that for a while, then I kind of, you know, edged off of it. But I, I think that what you do for God will last for eternity. And, and if you help in ministries, you know, succeed, then, then I mean, you can't ask for a better thing. Because, you know, I kind of like, I was in a bad position to help Michael, you know, Brother Mike, but... You know, in the, in the future, you know, that would be something I would love to do is be able to help a brother or sister who needs it, you know. Well, and but, that was a that, – that situation that happened, he had, of course, went in the hospital with uh, open-heart surgery, and he almost passed. Yeah. He almost Lord, he almost died if it wasn't for him wow. uh, being just about 1,200, 1,500 feet away from the hospital. I, I You know, yeah. I, I think it had been – also, too, it was, I mean, the Lord does things and allows things to happen for each one of us in our lives, and I know he's been reflecting yeah. uh, and uh, yeah. reflect what he needs to do and with his own ministry and where he's going with that. You know, yeah. bless God, Mike Bradford comes from a long line of preachers, and uh, yeah. and God uses anybody. He uses me, he uses you, Arthur, uh, uh, Apostle Arthur Timberlake. Um, yeah. uh, it won't go undone. He uses this for each one of us, and Amen. I just it, it it really it disappointed me that you know that w- with uh, with as many folks that we do have visiting our website. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I'm not not a bad signal here to anybody as far as our guests, your guests, and what have you. And yeah. I'm not not out here to ask for money because that's not what I'm doing. Um, it just yeah. disappointed me that. Folks who came and visited, who seen that plea for for Mike Bradford and his family that the folks didn't give, and yeah. I don't know, I don't know why it happened that way, and yeah. it's unfortunate, and I know that um, the, I know that the Lord took care of him though, and the Lord yeah. continued to provide for him, and it wasn't easy, I'm sure, uh, yeah. and I just I don't know. In the moving forward. In the future, um, I pray that our, our your listeners, my listeners, and those who are involved in it, that they see that and they hear from us that we we don't come on like they do on television every single. Look at this guy, Mike Murdoch. I mean, that's every yeah. Joel. These preachers that are preaching the prosperity gospel. You could turn on yeah. the television, watch Joel Osteen, and he's got forty thousand people in a stadium. Uh, there for his morning service and collecting uh, an average of forty to fifty million dollars a year from people just from the church, just from the church, yeah. and then yeah. endorsements, books, tapes, videos, you name it. And because and, and look at all that money that people are giving because it makes them feel good, you know and. Yeah. Your ministry, my ministry, and others that are like it, mean agreements that have watched me on the wall, faithful, faithful walking healing ministry, the, the Annette Bridges' uh, ministry that she's had for 35, 40 years. Stephen of Danoon Institute will uh, will be the same way. These these folks are all there, and Mike Bradford too. Tell them the truth. They're telling the truth of. God's word and not sugarcoating it, not making it sound like it's fuzziness uh, yeah. so that pe- people hear it the way they want to hear it. They're preaching it the way it's supposed to be preached in a manner with conviction 
and whole truth and yeah. that that you find that you, you don't find nobody giving any type of offering or tithe to help support that because it's not what most people want to hear yeah. and it's a shame. Uh, the pastor here in town, whose church it will be having the revival at, you know, uh, Ken Billsboro at Good News Bible Church here in Coldwater, Michigan. Uh-huh. You know, he I'll, he made a statement to me last Sunday when I was there. He said, "Mike, he said, offering came through. This man's 61 years old, got a wife, and uh, she has some health issues, and a daughter that's got health issues. Offering came through." He said. Paid all the bills, and we had $7.10 left to eat on. Yeah. He said, well, provided, that's what we had to eat on for the whole week. Wow. And I said, dear, dear Lord, brother, I said, you know, you're preaching the gospel the way you do and the conviction of the heart. And every single person, Phil, every single person that was there that morning, every single person dropped money in the plate for to help take care of this pastor. Every single one yeah. did. You know, the problem was that there was only 26 people in in, in church that morning. See? Yeah. So yes, sir. he's he he's preaching it he's preaching it the way it's supposed to be preached. He's telling the whole Amen. truth. I'm I'm a witness of his of his word by listening to him preach God's word, and it and it pricked my heart. I was convicted of my sin. Um, <laughs> I was, and he yeah. he he's a good man of God. He's a godly man of God. In all these other churches in this town, these preachers are raking in $100,000 a year as a salary at some of the churches in this town that I live in. And they won't come even anywhere near what this man preached. Won't even come anywhere near it. Won't talk about the same things. They'll, they'll, They'll mimic the same thing that's being preached on in television. You know, make me feel good. So I reach deep in my pocket and give you money because I feel good about what you're telling me. Yeah. That's just, it's it's that's, a it's a merchandising. Yeah. It's 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 a business. Yeah. They look at it as a business. I mean, and it's not. Uh, and it's funny because it comes right off the Bible pages. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the gospel anymore. It's it's so. Yeah. I I went. I, I there was another gentleman. I stopped in his church and another pastor, and I stopped in his church and I. Uh, we went to a couple services, and then after work, I met with him, and I said, you know, i got some questions I'd like to ask you before I would consider joining your church. Well, shoot away. And I asked him, what's your church, what's the, what's your stance on the rapture? He says, well, have you ever heard of a neutral? <clears throat> I said, no. That's a new one. He says, well, we have people in our church that believe in a pre-tribulation. We have people in our church who believe post. We have people who believe in mid. So we are a neutral. And as far as the staff is concerned, we don't preach about it. We just remain neutral and let folks who want to believe the way they want to believe, believe it. So I said, okay, well, I'll ponder on that one for a few. And I said, if if two men walked into your church and sat down, and they were visibly, you could visibly see that they were homosexuals, what would you do? He said, well, we would welcome them to church. I said, okay. So what would you tell them? He says, well, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't shun them away. I wouldn't tell them they had to leave. I would let them know that, you know, we're here to, 
to 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 preach the gospel. We're here to, to help them in that in the event that they started, if they started you know holding hands or if they started displaying affection in a manner that was inappropriate in church, then we would more than likely ask them to leave. He said, as a matter of fact, that same thing, that same scenario had already had already happened. That folks who'd walked in, a couple of uh, homosexual, well, it wasn't a homosexual, it was lesbians, they had walked in, two women had walked in, and they sat down and they were holding hands or had their arms around each other while they were listening. So they were asked to leave because of their display of their affection. And what's going to happen is that these churches have preached tolerance and have preached that God loves everyone the way they are no matter what for so long that when the law when when the law comes handed down from the white house that you no longer can preach anything about the conviction of sin in homosexuality you cannot preach against the lifestyle you can't preach against the fact that it's considered sin it's considered hate speech and if you do, they're going to be fined by the IRS if we receive complaints. If you do and there too many complaints would be filed, then we'd pull your 503C status. That's all coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And the church who has preached tolerance and who has preached fuzzy, good-feeling prosperity, God loves you no matter what you do or who you are type of scenario will be the churches whose doors will close first. They're going to be yeah. sued. They're just going yeah. to be sued because they're not mm-hmm. going to. If they don't, to, if they don't tolerate it, then they have to keep their doors open. So then, that's one scenario. They close their doors and they don't stand for it because they can't preach the gospel the way it's supposed to be preached. You know, if yeah. I was a pastor, if I was a pastor of a church, and this type of thing happened in my church. I would let my congregation know, number one, we do not advocate the homosexual lifestyle. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it is sin, just like adultery, fornication, idolatry, greed, slander, being a drunk, being a drug addict. If you come to church and you profess that you're a Christian, there's a different lifestyle that you are willing to live and show the proof of your salvation by your decisions made. And it isn't yeah. just saying, I'm a Christian, and then living the exact same way you lived prior to your acceptance with Christ and prior to the change that supposedly was supposed to have come into your life. So I'd, I'd more than likely get fined. You know, I'd probably be fined so much that I'd have to borrow money from the United States federal government just to keep my doors open. And yeah. I'd get bailout or a stimulus package because I wouldn't close them. They'd have to come there with the locks and handcuffs and take me away, and while they were putting me in the police car, I'd be still preaching the same thing. It didn't matter because I wouldn't close my doors, period. Yeah. You can't. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of, of, of run, you know, when the ministry is is relied on, you know, with you uh, paying for it, like me, you know, and that that gives you the option to say what you want to say. Um, I I have, um, and I've been wanting to do this for a while. Is oh, I you know I have an one. I have one guy that's that's paying, you know, for just a banner on on my website. And um, 
you know, and and as far as God is concerned, you know, if He blesses me to you know do more things, you know, you're gonna. I mean, it's not against the law to ask, you know, for someone to donate money to your ministry. Um, no, it's not against God's. You know, it's not against the Bible to, to ask. For a matter of fact, how could someone hear unless they be sent? You know, exactly. But uh, the the problem the problem comes in when that's the modus operandi of the ministry. When the, exactly. when the motive of the ministry is to, um, you know, you start off sincere, and that's what God is telling me, right? You know, you want to start off sincere and end sincere, because a lot of these ministries they start off sincere, but then. As time goes on, the motives of the ministry change, and sometimes it's like once again the proverbial frog of the pastor. You know, mm-hmm. he he slowly gets cooked by the devil yeah. into merchandising his uh, congregation, and uh, you know, we, we it, it, some people, some 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 people on uh, you know Facebook or online, or some of these people even I know make it a crime to ask for money. And that's mm-hmm. completely the opposite. See, me, myself, I I don't, I pay for my own stuff. I mean, I, and I keep it economical where if I'm playing for ball talk, I can afford to play for ball talk, you know, Spreaker and one more. And then YouTube sure. is free. You know, right. you can afford those three. I mean, so if you write a book, oh, you're writing a book because, you want money. I want I want to write a book because I want to I want I want God to set people free. That says who the sun sets free is free indeed. I want somebody to be set free of the bondages that easily beset them. I don't mm-hmm. I mean, I fought with this before. I went brother, I went to a Bible a, a book um a book writing conference at my church and that was like 4 years ago so I could have easily been on that. And I understand that Christ is coming back for a church without spot of blemish. Now he's coming back for a church that's imperfect, but he's coming back for a church who practices the Bible. He's coming back Amen. for a church who goes into the Bible and says, "Well, I, I, I am kind of uh, going to work. I am kind of gossiping a little bit. Lord, forgive me." Or I was drinking. But you know what, man? I don't think drinking is for a Christian. I'm, uh, you know, forgive me, God. You know, and it, and I understand, God, that if if I drink, you didn't say I couldn't drink, but if I do drink, I might go back and get five, fifty more drinks. So mm-hmm. let me put this thing down because it's dangerous for me. You know, or everything's lawful for me, but I can't keep drinking. You know, right. or play or p- pornography. You know, right. you know, it's not healthy. It's just not healthy. So the Bible gives us directions, brother. Uh, it gives us directions that it brings peace to our lives, but the things that of, of this world brings fun. So some people think that the things of the world is going to bring you peace, but the only thing that can bring you peace is, is Jesus Christ and, and and living living your life for him, you know. Amen. And and doing what he says to do. I mean, I even got to do that. I'm like, right now, I'm saying, you know what, God? You said you, if we love you, we'll keep your commandments. So I'm going to go in the New Testament. 
I mean, Old Testament too. Don't don't trust me. I believe in Old Testament. So right now, I'm going to look at the the commandments you gave me to do, and I'm going to look at the Ten Commandments. Some people say, well, you can't keep them. Well, according to Jesus' explanation of the Ten Commandments, you can't keep them. But right. according to looking at the Ten Commandments on the surface, you can keep them. That's right. For instance, I mean, you know, honor thy brother and thy father. I, you telling me I can't keep that? Oh, how about to not covet your neighbor's wife? I can actually keep that. It's just the way that Jesus presented them, I can't keep it. You know, if you even think about a woman that left it. Man, I'll be slapping myself all day long. I mean, the old person will, but God has given, you know, us, you know, the power. He says having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof in the last days. What power Amen. is he talking about? You know, well, and, what and, power is he talking and, about? There's power there. At, Amen. And you know, look at the the aspect of all that. You, if you, the Ten Commandments are not impossible to complete or to follow, because if they were, I mean, Christ fulfilled that covenant. He fulfilled the commandments himself, but he tells us in his word, first and second, third John, tells us to be like Christ, to be like Christ. We And to, and to uh, of course, we're going to struggle. We're flesh. We're going to struggle on all things that we, we attempt to try to do that's outside the will of God. But it, would it not be the will of God to try to abide by the Ten Commandments? He wrote them for the, the people of Israel so that they might be made aware of what their sin is. And Christ fulfilled them himself. But if we're to be like Christ, then we must look at those things that God the Father has placed in front of the children of Israel and those of us who are grafted in to take a look at those commandments too. If we love Christ, we'll keep his commandments. And I and I am I and the Father are one. So guess what? Take it from there. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. Hey brother, why don't you give um our listeners an invitation, um, present the gospel to them in uh, nine minutes. <laughs> go go ahead, brother. If you are listening this afternoon and you've tuned in to Phil's Prophecy Zone Blog Talk Radio program, and you've been listening and you've been contemplating on uh, on your life, you 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 see your life as you, you're walking in a path that you know the direction you're walking is not the best direction. You may be, I don't know, maybe you you might have been an alcoholic for all of your life. You might have been a drug addict. You might have been a person who has done good things all of your life, and you've never done anything wrong or never hurt anybody. You might be someone who is a CEO or an executive of a company. You might be someone who bought uh, time on a card and you're at a library or you're at a, a friend's house or you're somewhere in a, in a, you're at McDonald's on a Wi-Fi connection on your laptop and you're listening to this. I don't know where you all might be, but the bottom line is this. The gospel tells us that we are to come as we are to Christ. Come as we are. God did send his son. God does love you so much that he he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. There's nothing else in this world that you could take a look at that someone would be able to do for you. There's no amount of money or gold or silver in this planet, anywhere on the face of this planet, that could account for the fact of somebody giving their life for you that you might live because they gave their life for you. 
Christ went to the cross. He died. He suffered. He was beaten. He was spit upon. He was flogged. He was ripped apart. He was nailed to the tree, and he died and suffered. And while he was on that tree, those who put him there, he prayed and asked the Father to forgive them, for they know not what they do. They, he loved them that much that he asked for their forgiveness for what they were doing to him because they did not know. They did not believe that he was the, the Messiah. And I'm telling you, folks, that you're listening. This, the United States has been absolutely blessed, even if, it's, even if it's just by circumstance or the greed of the hearts of men who've made it that way all this time. But we are coming to a crossroad that every single American will realize that it's over with. It's over with. And the time is soon approaching that you and I and all of us, it's approaching will be facing the will be facing things that we've never thought we'd ever face before in our lives. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you've got someone there who's an advocate for you, someone there who will protect you, who will who will who 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 is your savior, who is your messiah, who'll be there for you to bring you through the things that you ask him to, to pray to him and ask him to provide for your needs, ask him to provide for the things that you have to have in order for him to be seen in your life, in order for him to be seen by others, because it's all about glorifying the Lord within each one of us. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you've got an advocate, someone who's going to be there who helps carry the load, someone who, when you can't walk, makes them footsteps for you as they are carrying you. And that's our Savior, our Messiah, Jesus. And I, I beg you, I ask you, I'm begging you on this broadcast that if you don't know him as your as your Savior, if you don't know him as your Messiah, the, your one and only true a personal relationship with Christ, that you, after this broadcast, will cry out to him, You'll repent of your sin. You'll cry out to him until you hear his voice. You ask for forgiveness of your sin. And then find your Bible and pick it up and start reading it. Go from Matthew forward in the New Testament. If you want to read the Old Testament, go from Genesis forward. But cry out to him until he hears your voice. And ask him to to forgive you of your sin and let him know that you believe that he died on the cross for your sin. You believe that he's the savior of this world and that he's soon returning. And the Bible says that if you do those things, you pray that prayer, you ask that, you cry out to him, you repent of your sin, you believe that Christ died on the cross for you, that you become part of the family of God. So many people think that all of us are children of God. We're not. We are not a child of God until we're adopted into that family. Everything is a creation of God. Human beings are a creation of God, but you are not a child of God until you come to know God's only begotten Son, Jesus, as your Lord and Savior. So it's our prayer that you'll come to know Christ after this broadcast. And if you, 
And if you do, please send Phil an email or a comment on his blog talk page that you accepted Christ as your Savior. We'd love, either one of us would love to send you audio and also things that are in print that would help you in your walk with Christ. And we'd love to be in contact with you to disciple you uh, one-on-one, even if it is in a long-distance disciple. If you live in France, Europe, Ireland, Spain, the EU, or or Delaware, here in the United States, it doesn't matter. Let us know. Amen. Amen. Why don't you tell them how they can uh, listen to your past episodes and get a hold of you, brother? We are at prophecysoftheendtimes.com is our website. And on our website, we have a link to our live broadcasts when we have them. We do our live broadcasts at Spreaker, and uh, they don't even, or they can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash prophecies of the end times. And uh, it's all part of, as you are, Phil, and the rest of folks that are, we've mentioned is all part of the Fire of the Holy Ghost Broadcasting Network uh, at fireoftheholyghost.com. Also, currently under construction, once again being revamped so that we can be updated for the future, but uh, prophecysoftheendtimes.com is the website, and from time to time we do have live broadcasts also. Amen. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. Um, well, and I like well, to thank keep, you. Uh, and I, know, I know you work a lot. Uh, you're a working man, so we uh, have to keep our ears open, so maybe uh, you know you can come back on if things get heated up between now and and prices return, which could be this year, next year, or the year after that, or five years from. But um, yeah, um, I'd love to have you back on um, at least once in every month or you know so often to catch up on what's going on. You have a Amen. lot of things to say. Thank you, brother, for coming on. God bless you. Thank, thanks for having me, Phil. Yes, God sir. bless you. Bye bye. Uh, all right, brother Mark Parker. Awesome interview. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go back upstairs, eat me a little snack, and listen to this little show again. But God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful day. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on The Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus.